Good day, Coldwell Banker Distinctive Property Agents. This class put on by myself, Karen Bovey, is regarding the new contract. I highly, highly urge you to take a class. Even if they repeat everything I say, there's so many new additions. The contract, of course, has gotten longer. The new the the new provisions that we've never seen before, like the personal property transfer, the 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 estoppel statement, so many new things. There's no way you can just go into CTM and start writing these if you haven't taken a class or or at least had somebody come into your office and go over some of these new rules. So just to begin, I took the class from Connie Trembley, an outstanding educator from the Grand Junction area. If you have a chance to take a class from Connie, this would be a good one to do. All right, let's get started. First of all, do not use all or any in your contracts. For instance, the property shall, the inclusion shall include all garage door openers. No, you're to say how many garage door openers. Or I've seen contracts that say all appliances. No, no, no. You must spell them out. Even it goes so far as GE refrigerator, um, a mana range, a mana gas range. Also, if it's a the property that is in that that is rented, find out who owns the appliances. How many of you have had to pay or negotiate for a washer and dryer only to find out because the tenant owns the washer and dryer or the tenant owns the refrigerator or that nice little wine bar in there is not owned by the seller, it's owned by the renter. So find out who owns the appliances when you list or write a contract to purchase. In additional provisions, and this is something that I've been saying for years, you must answer four questions if you're putting something into additional provisions. Who, what, where, and when. Sometimes you can even add why. For an example, seller shall repair the broken, repair or replace the broken garage door to the satisfaction of the buyer at the seller's expense seven days before closing. If the garage door is not repaired or replaced to the buyer's satisfaction, seller will credit buyer $1,000 at closing. This can be for anything uh, that you put in additional provisions. Again, who, what, where, and when? When are they going to do it? Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to approve of it? When is it going to be done? Okay. The next part is this is and this is brand new. From now on, you must m u s t must recommend three people and put them in alphabetical order and have a specific disclaimer. The the auditors are looking for this disclaimer in your file. So let's say your buyer wants to know, well, who would you use for um, for home inspection? Who would you use for an appraisal? Who would you use for a title company? If you recommend, now you don't have to recommend, but if you do recommend, you have to hand them the piece of paper with the recommendations that you make in alphabetical order and then have a specific disclaimer on there that this is who you're recommending and why, and that you're not responsible for them. Again, the auditors are looking for this in in your file. If you recommend, you must have a written disclaimer. Okay? Here's a new one that we have heard 
over and over and over again. You can't counter a counter. Yes, you can. You can counter a counter. So instead of having to write a whole new contract, you can now counter a counter. All right. The next one is that closing instructions must be signed at the time of the contract with the acceptance of the earnest money. You you have to also sign, like back that up. When you get earnest money, you write a contract, you get the earnest money. The word is you must have closing instructions at the same time that you're giving a check from that for that earnest money. You also will sign another closing instruction at closing because then the title company is going to sign it. They'll have their own closing instructions and you're going to bring yours so that the title company signs it also. I keep seeing closing instructions at the time of closing. No, it's a time of contract. If you have any questions on that, let me know. From now on, they want us to use a special warranty deed, not a general warranty deed. If you're the listing agent, always write your listing contracts with a special warranty deed. If you're the selling agent, you're probably going to want to say warranty deed until you get very, very comfortable as to why a special warranty deed is the one that's being recommended by the legislature now. Um, look into those, what the special warranty deed conveys and what the general conveys. We've always used general in the past, and now they're asking us to use special warranty deed on transfer. From now on, brokers, you people, are responsible for the settlement statements. Before you looked at them and you said, yeah, buyer, seller, sign this. Now you are responsible for it. The buyer's agent for the buyer settlement statement and the listing agent for the seller's side. Be sure you get both at closing. For one thing, it's our office policy that we want both of them. The other thing is that it's just a good check and balances. If the title company won't give you both sides, then get it from the cooperating broker. Okay? Do not use CTM or any DORA forms for mobile homes with no land. I just approved a closing last week that was a $60,000 mobile home. You, you can't use DORA forms for that. Google a sales contract if you don't have one in your office for mobile homes. That's not real property and they don't want you to use the DORA forms. Okay? For possession date and time on closings, now use delivery of deed and funding. Funding. Delivery of deed and funding. Next part is when you do get a copy of that earnest money check, you must, here's another M-U-S-T, have a copy of the earnest money check that you're giving to the title company. And when you copy it, you must Cover the routing number, the account number, and the signature line. Door is required, and they are checking it. Okay? On the next part of one of the parts of your contract where it says the closing shall be designated by, they want us now to use just the title company, not mutual consent. Apparently, a lot of buyers and sellers are not mutually consenting. The one form that's going to really affect all of the resort brokers, not Grand Junction or Montrose so much, but Telluride, Steamboat, Vail, even Craig, is a personal property agreement. It must be filled out at the time of contract. Personal property will include appliances, furniture, sheds, decorator items, kitchen equipment. You must determine a price that all that stuff is worth. Then... That money is paid at closing, and it's not 
it, the argument is going to be, is it part of the purchase price? Is it an addition to the purchase price? It's just going to be, it, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of classes and a lot of discussion on this. Who decides what that amount is worth? If there's $50,000 worth of furnishings in a million-dollar property, who determines that it's 50000 Or is it a reduction in the purchase price or an add-on to the purchase price? It's going to take some time to get used to it, like I said. Let the buyer or the seller determine the value of the personal property. And then if you're the listing agent, say personal property in said condominium or home is worth $5,000. Uh, so that there's no argument. When the contract is written, it's already there. Just remember that the buyer will have to write a check at closing or see that amount as a debit on the settlement statement. It'll be a debit to the buyer, credit to the seller for whatever they determine is the price of the personal property. You all know that the lenders, the banks have been on us for years, probably 15 years, 20 years on this. This is what they're going to be happy with the buyer, like I say, the buyer is either going to have to write a separate check at closing or see it as a, as a debit and a credit to the seller. There's a new addendum to the contract to buy and sell. Use this as part of your contract if you want to make a stronger point of something. It is not a required contract, but if you want to make something like lead-based paint or a loan type or meth labs or even a home warranty, if you want to make a stronger point of something that's in the contract, then go ahead and use this addendum to buy and sell. I, I don't see the need for it if you're going over the contract with your buyer like you should be. Again, it's not mandatory. And everything in that addendum is already covered in the contract. The square footage disclosure now directs the buyer to independently measure the property if there is doubt or concern, meaning that Yes, you are filling out the seller's property disclosure, but if he says, gee, that doesn't look like 2,700 square feet, then you have to tell him it's right in the contract that uh, he should independently to independently either measure or confirm that. Um, if he's doubting what's in the MLS or any of your advertising, then again, advise your buyer to go measure it. The counter-proposal and in, and in the contract there is no longer an association objection deadline in the counterproposal and the contract. There is no longer an association objection deadline. That has been changed to a termination deadline. So if your buyer doesn't like what the association documents say, he just terminates it. The lead bait paint disclosure is now in the contract and you don't have to do a separate form at the time you present the contract. You'll have a few days I would recommend three days after uh, MEC to do the lead-based paint disclosure signed by all the parties. Um, the lead-based paint disclosure form now says that it has to be done, and if it, they don't like it, it can terminate it. There's not an objection anymore. There's a termination. There is still an inspection objection deadline um, that you can terminate under also. Okay. If the buyer doesn't trust your lead-based paint disclosure, then have them do an independent inspection. Again, that's in the contract and explain it to them. If you don't like what I'm saying here, then do an independent inspection. There's also a new agreement to the amend extend. 
it has new deadlines and new termination dates. Notice the terminate has changed to make it easier to get to the point of why the contract is being terminated. There are several boxes you can fill out, and it just goes right to the point. Was the loan no good? Was the association documents no good? You'll see it in the notice to terminate. Now, in the contract to buy and sell, as I told you last week, there are many, many changes. It's a lot longer also. In paragraph 2.5.4, other inclusions, and I told you this last week also, specify what appliances are included and make sure that the seller owns those appliances and they don't belong to the tenants or the association or are shared by anybody. Specify there's a GE washer and dryer or there's an Amana freezer or what, whatever they are. Are there sheds on the property? Specify that. Is there an eight-person hot tub? Whatever is included in the sale of the property, not including the personal property. That's on a separate form. I discussed that last week. For anybody that didn't get that, you can replay my, my talk from last week. Um, the personal property is a separate form, and it has to be signed when the contract is given. Um, the contract states that the buyer and seller have concurrently entered into a specific agreement for additional personal property. As a listing agent, you need to let other brokers and their buyers know what the seller thinks a personal property is worth, most probably through the MLS or any of your advertising. Um, that area of the contract also goes on to state about storage facilities. Apparently, there's been some problem with finding out who owns what storage facilities. So it says, regarding storage facilities, if exact rights to the parking and storage facilities is a concern to the buyer, buyer shall investigate. A huge addition to the area of the association documents. My goodness, people, I feel badly for the resort brokers on this one. The contract points out 18, that's one eight, 18 documents, or if any, in case it doesn't exist, that the buyer wants to see. We'll need to get these forms from the property management companies. They won't be happy about it at all. And I know some of us go to the computer to pick up these forms, but the computer doesn't have all of them in there. You're going to be responsible to get those from the seller to the buyer. Then I also recommend that you get a receipt for these documents. Once you get them from the, the selling broker, the listing broker, Get a receipt that you have received them and you've got given them to your buyer. I won't go over all the documents that are in there. You'll please, but please read them in the contract. It's a huge section. On paragraph 8.1.3, owner extended coverage, it's now recommended that you always check will on your title commitment, will contain an OEC. Another new addition is on 8. 8.4, it talks about special taxing districts. Big, huge paragraph. It puts the responsibility again on the buyer to further investigate with the county if there is a question about a special taxing district. On 10.1, the seller's property disclosure should be as of the date of the contract. Don't accept a, one of your listing broker's year-old seller's property disclosure or a six-month or even a three-month-old seller's property disclosure should be as of the date of the contract. So when you're asking your, you could put that in additional provisions, although it's in the contract already, as of the date of this contract. 10.3.3 3 
is inspection resolution must be on a specific inspection resolution form. Don't put it on an amend extend. On the on the contracts that I have been approving, I keep seeing things like amend extend. Seller will credit buyer $3,000 for inspection items. Mend extend saying seller will repair garage door. No, no. All that goes on your inspection resolution form. And don't forget, the lender gets that. 10.10.1, the lead-based paint is now again in the contract. I've already stated that. But you still have to have a signed and completed lead-based paint disclosure, but now not at the time of the contract. You now have a few days. I would give them three days after MEC. Paragraph 13 says seller will execute a special warranty deed. I talked about that last week also. This is brand new. A special warranty deed unless another box is checked. It goes on on paragraph 13.2 and 13.3 to define the special and general warranty deeds explanations. Um, you, When you go over the contract, people, you're going to absolutely have to go over these two types of deeds. Special and general. In third, excuse me. In fifteen point three, it states that at least fourteen days prior to closing, seller will deliver to the buyer a current status letter from the association. It is recommended that you get a receipt for that, and that is brand new, people. That is, you need to get it. Fourteen days prior to closing, don't count on the title company to do it. That's not their job. You get a status letter from the association. It used to be called the estoppel certificate, but now it's a status letter. And get, get a receipt. Paragraph 15.8 is FERPTA. I love saying that word, FERPTA. This is all new in the contract. You now have to know if the buyer or the seller is a U.S. citizen. How do you find out? You ask them. Otherwise, the buyer could be responsible for tax not paid for by the seller at closing. You're going to hear a lot more about that. Paragraph 16.3 takes out what the association assessment is per month. It used to say the association assessment is $550 per month or whatever. Now that's all gone. Those numbers are gone. These are now discovered in the association document section. And finally, you're going to love this. The broker's acknowledgement and compensation disclosure now includes the addition of the broker's firm license number and the broker's license number. So your number will be in there, the listing broker's number will be in there, and also our office number will be in there. We're hoping that CTM will auto-populate this information. Otherwise, you're going to have to get it when you write the contract. Okay, it's fun, right? Change is hard, but it's only in the beginning that it's so difficult. Take the class, please. It's worth the time, and you could use the six hours of credit. Thanks so much. Again, talk to me if you... If there's something you would like to specifically speak about, I would be happy to do that. Just give me a call or shoot me an e email. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks so much.